Yeah, I was going to say, while, while we're waiting for Haley, we can probably just do like some normal Monday meeting talk. Um, if anyone's been working on anything interesting or like inspiration or stuff. Um, what's up, Nick? Nick, you're probably muted, by the way. Uh, I have it set up now to mute people. <laughs> Might have to unmute yourself. I am there unmuted. You. Good morning. Um, yeah, is anyone anyone working on anything cool or anything cool happened over the weekend? You guys have a good week, weekend? Yeah, I, I've just been rendering out a bunch of stuff. I'm still on Octane, so that... I've been churning through a bunch of renders all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, finishing up that project that we've worked some cool. uh, a little bit together on and uh, experimenting a little bit with X particles cloth stuff, which has been pretty cool because mm -hmm. I haven't really experimented too much with that, but I really like the fact how it's very art directable and you can repeat the same actions and motions of the cloth each time. Yeah. Um, compared to just the native C4D cloth before R20, I guess, how it was all just kind of like dynamic sims and whatnot. You couldn't really replicate the same actions each time really, mm -hmm. but yeah. Anyway, uh, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And while you're on the spot, I think we should say that, Mark has a new podcast and you should tell people about it because I don't think you were on last week to even tell people about it. Yeah, yeah. I started, uh, I've had like this idea to do a podcast for a while. Uh, I come from like a snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing background and there's a ton of like interesting creatives in that field uh, from designers to videographers to photographers to motion designers, copywriters, you know, whatever. So I'm just... Uh, trying to interview a bunch of people that I know throughout the industry and then eventually expand that to um, people that I'm just meeting through the podcast, but uh, looking forward to getting some people on that um, can kind of share their journey of how they started as like a skateboarder or something, you know, following their friends with a camera. And then next thing you know, years later, now they're making a career of it and it's led them to bigger and better things outside of skateboarding or something. So, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting stories to tell. So I'm going to try to get those told. So nice. Yeah. I, I listened to the first episode on the way up to Philly last week and totally just kept it going. Like it wasn't, wasn't one of those ones. Like sometimes I'll get into it like 15 minutes. Like oh, I could probably listen to this later, but it, like it, it definitely had me attached and it was cool to hear. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks for checking it out. It's yeah, called like Creatives it. on Board. <laughs> really took me back, man. It was nice. Great. Right on. Yeah, I think I'm doing another one this afternoon. So uh, and this one will be a skate one. The first one was a snowboarding one. So uh, yeah, it should be good. But thanks for the shout out. Um, I guess other news with like podcast stuff and like this, Mark and I and Andy a little bit are starting to work on like really branding this thing and like getting it more officialized, I guess. And like also just making sure you guys are getting the audio files every week. If you want to go back and listen to them, um, we might start like a, an official podcast channel. Hey, Haley, Haley's going to be muted. You're, you're muted. So when people come in, there you go. Hey. <laughs> so um, if you see all these people in here, a lot of them are probably just going to be muted and in the chat. Mark and I will probably take care of just fielding questions from the chat. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and if there's enough time with everything, we'll field in a way that they can actually ask the question themselves. Um, but, but yeah, I was just saying that we want to make sure that you guys are getting uh, the interviews and audio files quicker than they have been coming. So we're going to initially just put them in the notes that we've got going on or the archive that we've got going on and we'll post that every week and you guys can just grab them, grab them very quickly and easily. So now that Haley's here, um, we can get started. We'll probably see more people rolling in and out and kind of join casually Haley, but uh, the way this normally works is it's set up like this and people are generally muted. And if you want to talk about a topic, we just let somebody talk. And um, when there's a guest on like you, then We'll ask you a couple of questions, but we'll pretty much leave it up to you. So you sent me an email about 
showing some of the contract too. So if you want to uh, screen share, that's totally fine. If you want to just talk, that's totally fine too. But um, yeah, first of all, welcome. And thanks, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks. This is great. I wasn't expecting like so many people it's like, hey, motion designer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, usually there aren't this many people. I'm surprised at how many people are coming out. So you're, you're drawing an audience. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess, yeah. So for people that don't know Haley, Haley, you run a community site called Motion Hatch. Do you want to tell people about it? You, you recently just broke 3,000 members, so it's like it's definitely a big growing community. Um, so for those who don't know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that background? You don't have to go into like a full podcast detail, but just like what, what it is and how you got to where you are with that. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, Motion Hatch is basically just concentrating on the business side of motion design. So, you know, things like law, hence the contracts, and like accountants and like you know what to charge and getting clients and all those kind of things that we normally find pretty hard and i guess the kind of why it's quite heavily focused on the community is because obviously there's people everywhere around the world and it's kind of different everywhere in terms of like what people get paid and things like that so i think i kind of focus heavily on the community side of things and growing that because i think that's actually one of the most helpful things that motion hatch can do is like have a big community and connect people in different countries and things like that so that's really great and we have the podcast as well which is um basically me interviewing lots of different motion designers and then like lawyers and accountants and business people and yeah loads of things I don't know what else there is. <laughs> I, I think that's lots, really, really well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know I've I've seen it grown, especially when I first came into the Facebook group. I think maybe there were like three hundred people, and just how it's grown up to three thousand is great. Um, and it's just, I I think I think it's answering a question that isn't being answered enough through other forums. So like. We have the future, but that's like very businessy. It's not so much niche down into motion design. And I think that's yeah. where motion hatch really comes in. Um, so, so since you're focused on business and I know it's been in development for a long time, that's pretty much why you're here today is the freelance contract bundle has come out. And at first it was in the UK and now it's the US release, correct? Yeah, so yeah, that's sort of right. So basically I did like a pre-launch which okay. kind of included the UK one was already done. And um, I like pre-sold the US one so that I could raise the funds to pay the US lawyer to help me make the US one. Because obviously, you know, as I'm sure everyone knows, US lawyers are extremely expensive. So um, yeah, so I did it that way. So it kind of just like some people got it on the pre-launch and that helped me make it. So it's kind of like a launch for both today, but I guess there were the UK one was kind of available before. So people have been using it in the UK already, whereas like this week is a big launch for the US, so yeah. Nice, now I guess what what made you think about putting together this bundle? Like I know you're focused on the business of motion design, but like this, this seems like a very, um, like what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like purposeful thing like have you been a motion designer for a long time and dealing with contracts that just like were kind of half-assed or like what what put you on this path to, to to do this yeah so basically I'm always just trying to listen to the motion hatch community but then like the general motion design community as a whole and trying to figure out you know what's the best way that I can help and I feel like I don't always have the answers, but then I'm like, well, maybe I could like get someone to help me. So that's like why I'm like, oh, I can get these lawyers to help me. So what I guess how it came about was I was interviewing Sylvia Baumgart, who's a solicitor in the UK on my podcast. And we were saying like, oh yeah, so, you know, it's really important to have a contract, la la la. And then I was like, yeah, no one really has a contract. Or if they do, they kind of like spliced it from different sources on the internet which is what I did, you know, and I was like, oh man, we need to get this sorted. And I was thinking, I'm going to like hire Sylvia to make my contract because she's really good and she knows loads about intellectual property and things like that. And then I was kind of talking to her on the podcast and she was like saying, oh, well, the Association of Illustrators 
have you know contract templates and things like that but she was like they're not really like made for motion designers and animators so I was like oh yeah well people could go there but then just afterwards I was like why don't I we work together and try and make something you know for motion designers and I guess so that's kind of how the UK one came about and then I was like well you know there's tons of people who listen in the US so it seemed like a shame really not to try and do a US one as well um, and I guess like in the future, maybe for different countries, the problem that I didn't kind of foresee is that although everything in there is sort of the same for the UK and the US, as in like what kinds of clauses and things like that. But I think the big problem is, is like there's tiny little nuances that you can't really just do a general one like that wouldn't be sufficient. And, you know, I wouldn't feel confident putting something out that was just like a general contract template. That's why I think it's really good that it's very like focused UK, US and I think that people like around other places in the world can buy these contract templates, but I definitely say like they would have to show it to a lawyer in their country because, you know, law is just different everywhere. And yeah, so it's been kind of tough and I've learned like so much stuff about law and clauses and everything. And yeah, it's amazing really. Yeah. I, so somebody, they're not in this chat at the moment, but somebody earlier was asking if somebody's in the EU can can they use it? And it sounds like you just kind of answered it that you know they can probably use it because the terms are the same. But just go speak to a legal representative first, right? Like it, it's pretty pretty standardized, but at the same time, there's nuances. Yeah, because you know basically, like I don't know all of the laws around like Germany, France, everywhere, and and neither does like Sylvia who drafted it because lawyers get trained in a certain country you know, and they just can't like say, yeah, it's going to be like the same here. And, and Sylvia is actually German. So she said, oh, I know that copyright law in Germany is not the same as the UK. So there yeah. might be like, so basically it's stuff like, you know, we all know we want to charge a cancellation fee. You know, we all know we want to say that we're probably going to get like 50% upfront if we're doing kind of more direct to client work, things like that. We know about those terms and clauses and it's kind of educating motion designers about that. But then the kind of like little nitty gritty things that's like per each country that then they would have to get someone to check it basically. But I think in my head, I'm like, if people buy this, they're like halfway there. Right. So even oh, if yeah. they're like, Oh yeah, I want to change this thing or, you know, there's some more nuanced stuff that if they show it to a lawyer, it's going to take them like so much less time, like to kind of amend it than and less money, like for that matter than if they kind of, you know, didn't have anything and they had to start from scratch and then they're, they're not sure if they like, because I know a lot of lawyers, you know, they don't know the ins and outs of like motion design industry. So I feel like it's definitely like a good starting point from that point of view, but yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and like you, like I, I piece mine together from like AIGA, which is the American yeah. Institute of Graphic Design or Graphic Arts. Um, like way back when, and I was talking to Mark earlier before we got on the call, but I like full disclosure, I bought this this morning. And one of the coolest things I, I saw, because my scope of work is generally just like per project based, but you have this terms of service contract in there too, which is like yeah. blew my mind. I was like, man, I've never thought about like breaking it out into this. Like I've always been like such a per project that when uh, say an agency comes to me that wants to work with me for like two weeks or four weeks or whatever. It's like, well, can you tell me about this project and this project? And I'm like always trying to like break it down into like these individual things and scopes of work that the terms of service one just like is really nice and just covers everything in, in a, a really nice complete package. So um, I don't know if that opens it up to you. If you want to talk about the differences between the two contracts that are in there, if you want to screen share or um, that wasn't really a question. It was just my observation of like how cool. <laughs> was to have those two in there yeah so I think um basically I just made these how I wanted to use them which sounds selfish but I just assume like most people are similar so people are either working like direct to client on like project fee stuff where you're generally saying okay this is the whole project fee that I'm going to charge and I want 50% up front and I want to retain the intellectual property and I want to charge you for project files, things like that. So that's one. And that's, we've called that commissioning contract. And then the other one, which we call terms of service contract is more like sort of, if you're going in house into an agency, things like that, you're kind of defining your hours and essentially overtime. But apparently 
in the US, you can't say overtime because that gets into a bit of like, you might be too much like an employee at that point. So I thought that was super interesting because in the UK one, we've said like, we've, you know, defined, we said like, this is what you'd be paid for overtime, but you can't do that. You have to say like, um, like whatever, blah, 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 day rate till eight hours. And then, and then it's this much after eight hours hourly or something, which is the same thing. It doesn't matter. But that was just like one thing that I learned, like a little nuanced difference between the UK and the US, which I thought was really funny. I totally didn't realize. Yeah, the, the US here has been like really cracking down on like defining what a freelancer is or what a temporary yeah. employee is and all that. So um, yeah, I can, I can totally understand that struggle. Um, yeah, I guess, so do you do you want to screen share at all and show? Yeah, yeah, sure. I was just trying to give like the general overview. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was really good. I was assuming most people on this call are US based, I think, but um, so I'll just go through the US one, but it was really good to um, connect with Jamie Lieberman, who was the person who helped me put these together because she knows tons about this stuff. And she was saying, oh, yeah, we can do this. We can't do that because of this reason and that reason in the US. It's like this. And, you know, so I, I feel really confident that it's like really, you know, done well for the US audience because she knows like a ton about this and her and her um, partner, like her law partner, uh, I'm licensed in like two or three states, I think. So I feel like, you know, they had it pretty covered and she was giving me lots of advice of what to include and what not to include. And I was kind of coming from like a freelance motion designer point of view. So yeah, anyway, I'll show you guys now instead of banging on. Oh, no, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just rambling now. Um, yeah so i'll try and i'll probably go through like it like a little bit quickly because obviously as i assume everyone's aware with contracts it can be a bit you know you have to go off and kind of read it but yeah so um you get i think it's like five documents or something you get like a document that says like how to use a contract bundle so it tells you like what it includes and everything like that and then you have like an intro um, for each one. So an intro for the commissioning one and an intro for the um, terms and conditions one as well. So that kind of gives you, so I'm just going to show you like the actual contracts, but the intros give you like more explanation and things like that and tell you they're like, okay, this is for this and fill in this here and things like that. And as you can see, the blue bits would be the bits that you change. So it's quite like straightforward <laughs> in that. So this is the commissioning one. And basically, so this is more like if you're charging like a single project fee and if you're kind of not working with them like, an, like a very ongoing basis. So I see this more as like the direct to client kind of contract, which I think it says about that in here. Um, yeah, so representations and warranties is basically saying like what you will do and then it's like what the client agrees to do, um, stuff like, you know, they'll give you logos where they're not infringing other people's copyright and things like that, which, you know, these kind of little things I would never have thought about because we're always thinking about getting paid, but we're not thinking about like, what if our client gives us something that's copyrighted, like a piece of music or something, you know, trying to take the liability away from the motion designer and putting it onto the client for that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to try and go through and like pick out the key things. Um, changes and revisions. This is obviously like a big thing that we're concerned about. So it kind of just points to this exhibit A, which is the scope of work at the bottom. So I'll just zoom down. Um, so yeah, this is the scope of statement of work, whatever. Um, so yeah, you can like put in the amount of edits and then obviously you've got like objective timeline. Compensation is like, do you want to charge them in full at the front or do you want to do like 50% like up front and then 50% at the end, which I think most people would use this, but we were like, why don't we put the other one in? Like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, um, obviously like include file formats. And then this is really important, materials provided by the client, because this means if they say like voiceover music, blah, 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 if they define that in there, then it means that you're not liable if like the someone comes to them and says, hey, you've nicked my music or whatever, you know, if you've wrote, you've kind of wrote all this down in here, then you're not liable for that. And then materials provided by a motion designer. So 
this would be like if you were already done character designs or I don't know, just kind of protecting your intellectual property. So yeah, zoom back up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where was I? Yes, okay, so like changes and revisions, that's that. Conversation and payment, um, you're basically just putting in, you know, how many days after you invoice. Uh, this is a funny nuanced thing for the US actually, which I didn't realize, but this is like client agrees that they will be charged a late fee of 10% of the total amount on a yearly basis, which to me, that's not a lot of interest, but apparently in the US, because of your government, um, apparently that's like, probably about as much as people would be able to get. So we sort of, you know, we made it realistic because Jamie said that it's just, I don't know, you just can't charge as much interest. Whereas in the UK, we can um, charge like a lot more, like if people pay late, which, you know, is a shame. It's just like different countries do different I, things. So I've probably been breaking the law then because I, I usually say that I'll do like 10% per month, like compounding and uh, I should probably talk to a lawyer about that because when I saw that, I was like, man, that seems like really small, but um, maybe that's what it is in the U.S. and I just have been overstepping my bounds. I don't think that you're breaking the law. Like, I'm not a lawyer, right? So yeah, right. I can't answer for sure. But um, I, I think that it's just like in the courts, this would be like how much you would be able to actually get, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. you can put it as like a... Um, like a deterrent kind of thing but I mean yeah I mean you've already got this bundle right so we're gonna do like a live Q&A with Jamie anyway for anyone who grabs the bundle this week so I would just say come on that and ask Jamie <laughs> that yeah, question totally. again because that's what she told me and like at the end of the day if there's any kind of little things like this and we we figure out oh a lot of people have said this or they we feel like that would be a better way to do it like we're happy to kind of change it and update it kind of if we see like that a lot of motion designers are saying the same thing mm. but yeah this is that was something that i queried and that was what she said so um yeah expenses kind of obvious just saying they'll pay your expenses if you have any um so yeah this is the delays bit this is a little bit different to the terms and conditions one so delays um it kind of replaces uh, the cancellation fee in a way because you know in the terms and conditions one, if you're going on site to work for someone and then, you know, you want to be paid like a cancellation fee. Whereas in this one, it's imagining that you're kind of doing like a few different projects at the same time, or maybe you're like juggling some stuff. So it's kind of more like you're after five days, if they don't reply to you, you're allowed to pause the project and then kind of reschedule it basically. And then if they don't get back to you after 15 days, then you can cancel the project, but they still have to pay you like up until what you've worked on. So it's not like you've really lost anything. It's more like a, you will pay me until kind of how much I've done. But then if you don't respond to me, you just wouldn't carry on working. You would just pick up some of the work or something like that. So yeah. that's different to the um, terms of conditions one where it's more like you're doing stuff with like agencies or animation studios, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really um, like that that delay thing because I've had that happen with projects where it's like, and I haven't heard from the client in like two weeks. Is this thing even still happening? So, um, yeah, exactly. It just yeah, it gives you a bit of flexibility without like pissing off your direct clients, you know, because I, I don't think you could really, if it's more like a business to business thing and not like an animation studio or, or something like that, I don't think you could really charge like a cancellation fee to see what, like, because they might come back, they might say, oh yeah, just got paused, we want to start it up again, and then that's fine, you know. Um, with all this stuff, I kind of, you know, we've gone with a bit of like common sense of what would work, and obviously you can change all the numbers of days or whatever if you feel like that's too long. Uh, yeah, so then the next main bit is termination with cause, termination without cause. So obviously this is about terminating the agreement. So basically with cause um, is if you can only terminate it if like the other party is kind of like done something wrong, basically. And, and you have to like prove that, the, that like you or the client's done something wrong. So 
we put this in there, but I would probably recommend that people go with this termination without cause because even that, even though that means the client can say, oh, we just want to stop it and they don't have to give you an excuse, right? But then say if, if, they, if you sort of said, okay, I want to terminate the agreement because of something they did, then they'd be like, well, no, we didn't do that. And then you still have to work with them or you'd have to take it to court. Do you see what I mean? So it just could get into more of a like, I don't know what the word is, but you know, it just could get more tricky. Whereas if you have, you, anyone can terminate it without cause, as long as you've got some stuff in there to protect you to get paid up to a certain point, I think that's probably the better way to go. And um, obviously we've got that they have to purchase the, um, you know, the files from you as well. And that uh, you would be released from further obligations and um that someone else can't like claim your work as their own and stuff like if they wanted to take it off of you and give it to someone else you know so yeah uh confidentiality this is basically just like a big normal confidentiality agreement it's quite long but it basically just says you're not going to tell anyone about their personal business and they're not going to tell anyone about yours <laughs> that's like a massive paragraph just yeah. saying that but um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, intellectual property client materials. So yeah, this is one of the things that I learned, which I thought was like really good because I just something before I went into making these, I never thought of is kind of, you know, getting them to just defining their materials and saying that you're not responsible for them. So, you know, like if they steal a piece of music or they give you someone else's illustration to use and they haven't got permission, then you, you're not liable for that. It says that the client you know is liable for it basically uh intellectual property is obviously just saying um i think for this one did we put an option hmm. oh yeah so for oh my mouse is going a bit crazy yeah so for this one um the uh, commissioning one we've put an option of you can either give all the rights to the client like all the copyright and stuff, or you can like keep the rights for, for yourself, basically, if that makes sense. So they can, so you like assign the rights like a usage, basically. So it says like usage is limited to web, but does not include the right to modify or resell. So that's like if, you know, you make someone an animation for YouTube and they can't take the characters out and like use it for anything else. Mm and stuff yeah. like that and i think i remember you had lily uh, lillian dormano is that her last name yeah <laughs> yeah on the podcast and she was talking about how it's very interesting in the motion design field that we don't commission our work this way because illustrators do like they, they make it like um if you use an illustration it's really just for that one project and you can't do it again and then motion designers will often get screwed over by not including things like this yeah so we've we've like put it as an option because i know like most people just give their clients the copyright to everything which i don't you know generally think is very good especially if you're working like kind of directed business more in this way and then um uh this is a clause about um paying for project files so we've said like 30 percent, but you can basically change that to whatever um so yeah this one is like where you give up all the copyright and then this one is where you're kind of saying you're giving them a non-exclusive or an exclusive like worldwide license um this without a grant sub license is in there because it's if you're if you're working with like an animation studio or an agency and then they're they want to sub license it to like coca-cola or something then you would like take that out because you want to allow them to sub license it and we have the right to sub license bit under here so you would take leave that in or take it out whether they're they're using the copyright or someone else is using it basically uh yeah so that's that and obviously we've just got the payment for project files thing again um moral rights so this is um in the uk i think you have to um like waiver your moral rights so you have to waiver your right to be credited as the artist but in the us you don't have to do it apparently like you don't like so we should be doing it in the uk but this is kind of like, you don't have to put this in your US contract, but we thought we'd put it in anyway, because it's like, it's just like a good thing to do. 
rather than like in the UK, I think it's like more necessary. So it just basically means like, or, or you can not, you can like assert your rights and say you have to put that I'm the um, creator of this on the project or whatever, which we would probably never do. But yeah, it's just in there as like an option. That's why it's all blue. But yeah, you can take it out if you want. Um, oh yeah, so this is the two sub license. So if you're if you're letting them sublicense the agreement, then it's this one. If you're not, then you would leave this one in. So, so we've got like and or kind of things. Uh, I'm trying to like half read it as I go through because I can't remember every clause. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely very in depth. So I, I don't expect yeah. you. To <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to like pick out the important bits. So yeah, um, this limitation of liability is quite important. So it basically just says that you are only liable up to the net profit of this agreement. So that means like however much the project fee is, then they can only like sue you or whatever for that much. They can't sue you for more, if that makes sense. So that's good, obviously, because you don't want your clients to sue you. So uh, indemnification, uh, oh yeah, this is basically if you do something wrong. It's like, the thing is with law, as far as I understand it, it's like, you can like say, you can protect yourself so far, but then if you like just do like something very wrong, like on purpose or something like that, then obviously like you, you can't do anything about it. So there's always stuff in contracts about that. Basically, this is like my really basic law um <laughs> lesson so you know just remember everyone i'm not a lawyer but i have had help to make these i just want to point that out because i'm just saying it from like a motion designer point of view of my understanding but right. this is why we're doing like q a's and stuff with the lawyers so that you can get like a better understanding of it so yeah obviously uh law and jurisdiction this is just putting your state in so that's pretty easy um uh, assignment that's just about that the client can't transfer the agreement to someone else or you can't um, notice is just talking about if someone's giving someone written notice where do they email it to who do they address it to um, miscellaneous is just stuff about like how the agreement works mainly um, yeah and then sign it and then you've got like the big scope of work here okay so yeah that's the commission one <laughs> I will try and go through the other one fairly quickly, I think. I think yeah, so. Before you switch, there are like one or two questions in the chat. Oh, sorry. I was just one. ignoring them. I will. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you can ignore those. We'll, we'll field them to you. That's okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, Matt Krause had a, a question regarding um, the contract, and maybe this is in the other part of the contract, but um, mm -hmm. can we write in the contract a way to be able to share the work? after it has been made public like uh, uh you know oh, yeah, sometimes people have like a blanket like you can't share the work for x number of days or or whatnot but oh uh, yeah yeah we did uh, we did uh yeah maybe i just probably zoomed over it we did definitely put something in there about that it's like a right to be able to show the work oh where is it because I'm just trying to like go through it all pretty quick <laughs> to not bore you guys to death, basically. Um, it is in here somewhere. A probe in intellectual property. Yeah, I think I think it was like ten or eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like upon completion of assignment, motion designer retains a non-exclusive, non-transparent limit license to reproduce, publish videos, design a final approved versions, the client's logo. So basically it says you can um, put the like finished animation or like screenshots and stuff and the client's logo on your website when it's been approved. Nice. So that's Perfect. What, that's what that says. So I think that kind of, that solves that problem. Yeah. That's just in both. Um, mm -hmm. We've just kind of put that under intellectual property in both contracts, I think. Cool. cool. Yeah. Were the other ones on that one? Um, Dan. Dan, Dan had one. Um, I don't know if he wants to hop in and, and ask it himself. Looks like he's unmuted. So go ahead, Dan. Yeah, this is maybe contract related, but uh, possibly more general freelance question. But yeah. um, I just went freelance about a month ago. 
and I've having a lot of problems with new clients and holds. There was one client that I was on hold for a month and a half, but it only ended up being booked for like three days. And I like had to turn down other gigs because this company was like, well, yeah, we definitely want to book you for, for this, these three days next week, probably, but they're kind of like stringing you along so that they get to keep you for just a small amount of time. And then I missed out on like a two week booking because they needed me to start immediately. So like, how yeah. do you kind of protect yourself? So, um, I, yeah, this isn't really something that goes in the contract. I think it's more like something that you just kind of make rules for yourself. Right. So what I do is I'll like have like a first pencil. So like say your client who was like stringing you along, they, they've got the first pencil or hold. We all say different things, but for like the, for, for a month. Right. And then, um, they book you and say you're working there. And then they're like, oh, we're not sure, like maybe next week. And then another client comes to you and they say, oh, hey, we've got this project. Like it's definitely starting next week. Then basically, I think the way that I've always worked it is I give the first client like kind of like a day or something to confirm. And I, I tell the other client as well. I say, hey, I've got this other potential booking, but I'm not sure. Can I get back to you like tomorrow and I'll know for certain whether we can book it. And so you go back to the first one and you say, hey, I've got this project that someone can confirm next week. Can you confirm me? If not, then I'll have to take like the other job. And basically it comes down to a bit like who are your clients? How well do you know them? What's your relationship like? How much do you want to do that? Like, do you know what I mean? Because it can get a bit icky sometimes. But yeah. I think it's just like comes down to kind of like a bit of negotiation and a bit of using the penciling system in your favor or not and then sometimes it depends on like do you actually want to do the other project or you know you kind of just give like you know, you basically just say if you can't confirm me then I'll go with the other client like if they're kind of leading you on and you what sometimes I've even done is do that even if I hadn't got another client because I just couldn't be bothered like with this client anymore I was like no you're just messing me around I'm just gonna say that I'm booked and then I'm just gonna look for other work you know does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it's definitely, I think this specific example, um, it was tricky because it was two people kind of coming to me more or less on the same day. And they were both new clients that I haven't worked with before and didn't have much information about the projects. But, um, but yeah, no, that, um, I, I like the idea of maybe faking another client coming in just to get yeah. them to either commit or, or release you. Yeah, exactly. Because why, why not? They don't know. Right. I mean, like, obviously I try and be as honest as possible with my clients, but like if people are being a pain in the ass, like, you know, they're not, they don't know who your other clients are. You can totally do that. Cool. Well, thanks. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, was there any other questions about the commissioning one or should I go through the other one? Um, I think that was it. So, yeah, I think you're definitely able to switch over now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so, um, yes, so a lot of this stuff at the top is the same. Uh, apart from what you pointed out, Liam, where you basically can give this, these, all these terms and conditions you can just give it to your agency or client once and then you just provide them right at the bottom, like this tiny little kind of statement of work, which basically just says client shall pay motion designer, whatever, up to eight hours and then uh, all per day. We just put like an hourly or, or daily option just because people ask for it basically and it doesn't really matter. It's pretty straightforward. And then after eight hours, clients shall pay this per hour. So that's getting around the whole, like not saying overtime, but that's what that is. So if you're going to someone's studio, obviously like after eight hours or 10 hours or whatever you want to say, I recommend eight because, you know, I don't like to work 10 hours a day, but I know some people in the US are like, no, that's everyone does like 15 hours a day. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah ho- so. hopefully not. I hope I hope we don't have that reputation here. I'd try to work eight hours as much as possible. Oh, really? Well, people say these things to me sometimes, and I'm like, oh, oh no, okay, yeah, cool. I know. I, I've, I've, I've had students at studios contact me and ask how many hours is my day rate, and I was like, that's such an odd question. Like a day rate yeah. would be eight hours. So. Yeah, well, that's why we recommend eight hours, but you can change it if you want. So yeah, you just kind of would attach this like tiny thing to an email that just basically says your day rate, like start date and end date, because you want to um, define your start and end date to them because um, it relates to the terms and conditions, basically. And I mean, you could maybe just put it in an email, but I would encourage people to attach it like this because I think it's like more official and easier to find and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so that's, this is quite good because I know that people don't want it. Like if they work with agencies and stuff over and over again, they don't want to like give them a contract every time, you know, that's really laborious. So yeah, so this is, yeah, this is the same stuff. Representations and worries of just saying what you're going to do, what the client's going to do. Yeah. So compensation payment. Yeah, that's the same. Just talking about net 30 expenses will be the same status. Oh, yeah. So this is important because this is saying that you're not an employee. So this is important to be in this one because it's like, you know, especially I know in California, there's been all these like all this legislation about them, like cracking down, like you said, on who's a freelancer and who's not. So we put that in there. Um, And then, yeah. termination yeah so this is basically saying they have to give you um 10 days notice or within 10 days like basically either 10 days before they start they can cancel it and there's no cancellation fee or if you're already working with them and they want to cancel it or it's like the day before then they have to pay 50 percent so you can change the 10 days you can say like five days if you think that's a bit excessive or change a percentage or whatever but that's basically just the cancellation fee bit confidentiality is exactly the same um intellectual property client materials so it's just saying if they give you a logo or something you're not responsible for it uh yeah so in this one we just put the intellectual property you just hand it over to them basically because i would imagine most of the time if you're like going to work with an agency or something in-house you're working on their machines, things like that. You're doing like bits of projects or something. Generally, you're not going to retain the intellectual property on stuff like that. But because you're going to, you get both of these contracts in the bundle, you can stick the other one in here. Like, you know what I mean? You just copy and paste that other one out there. But we just try to make it as simple as possible. And we just put the one where they get all the copyright and stuff like that. We've got the moral rights bit in there again. Uh, liability. Yeah, this stuff's all pretty much the same. Jurisdiction assignment, yeah. The noticing, just saying, send them an email or like written notice. Uh, yeah, that's all fine. Yeah, so yeah, because I talked about most of the stuff in the other one. This one's kind of more simple. It's just those kind of slightly nuanced things of where you you're going to charge a cancellation fee instead of having the delay policy stuff like that um you're probably not gonna uh hold on to the intellectual property um yeah uh what else yeah so that's basically like the differences and you have like more a condensed scope of where you don't like have a big one for Mm -hmm. this one because you wouldn't really be defining the projects as much you don't really need to like you can do but it's not as important as on the other one where you're defining timelines and everything like that. So, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. That, I think that's really great. And I, I almost wonder like for Dan in your situation, if it'd be worth sending out like that terms of service one, at, like as you get booked and be, and you can probably change it in a way like, you know, if you have only booked me three days uh, or like a percentage of so many days, then we're, we're done or it's canceled. Um, because th- it seems like it's malleable enough to be able to change it to something like that where you're on hold, but you're not actually doing anything. Yeah, I would just, um, with the hold thing, or like, yeah, someone just put in 
uh, be your first hold yeah <laughs> andy yeah yeah you should uh that's another trick another good trick andy yeah is where you say that like oh yeah i already i'm always like this i'm, I'm like can you just let me know a bit more about the project? I've actually already got a pencil, but I think it's, uh, I'm not really sure it's going ahead. It's a bit flexible. So yeah, cause then that kind of like gives you a bit of time to think about it or for them to get back to you and, you know, makes you look like you're more in demand and stuff like that. So you can kind of like work it in that favor as well. And yeah, I would just say like, I think just kind of, I don't really like the penciling system that much, but try and use it to your advantage you know what I mean say like you have to confirm me otherwise I'm gonna you know I have to go and work with this other client because they want to confirm me so I can't lose out on work like you can be nice about it you know so yeah and speaking of Andy he actually is on now and had a question uh regarding the contract bundle yeah I'm using the contract bundle for new clients Haley, and that's great that you've you know you put it all together and all that and i appreciate it now because i when i was using just the terms sheet and stuff um i i, I even gave that to um uh, existing clients and, and they were a bit awkward about it it's like hold on we've, we've kind of worked with you for a while so i didn't I actually didn't do it more than once once or twice or something so i actually wondered if, if you're using this with your existing clients um as well just like kind of firing over a contract every every time or, or whatever and just sort of how they're reacting to it and and that kind of thing just your thoughts yeah yeah well because i haven't been booked for ages because i've yeah. been doing all of this i haven't but I know that a lot of people have, but um, I think that from my point of view is, I think it's weird that they're like, they shouldn't be like that because you should say like, Hey, look, I'm, you know, putting some better processes in, in my business and things like that. I've just got this new contract made. Like, do you guys mind just like checking out, you know what I mean? Like the, I feel like what I was talking to Jamie about it on the podcast, which is coming out tomorrow and she was saying like if people are running away or like scared or don't want to you know sign contracts then that's like a bit of a red flag because they're like why wouldn't you you know and it's fine if they've got a contract that they want to give to you then fine but you just have to read that and make sure that you agree with it basically because i don't see like you know your business their business you're just trying to protect yourself and them and you're trying to define how that you're working together to make everything more clear so it's like actually more helpful yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think so. I think it um, does make you appear more, more professional. Which, um, yeah, which I've said <laughs> publicly. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just think, like, at the end of the day, just because we've, we've kind of been. Well, I know a lot of people who do give, give their clients contracts all the time, but I know a lot of people who don't as well. And it's like just because we've been doing that up until now doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive to make our businesses better and more professional. And, you know, I think, I think going forward, it's like definitely a good thing. Yeah. I think as well, um, if I'm getting a new inquiry in, um, that they're, and, they're, and, and even if the, I can't work on the job and they say, oh yeah, we'll put you on our, on our books or something like that. You can say, cool, here's the contract that I'm working with. And we get that done straight away so that the, it, everyone's ready to go when the job when you're all ready. Um, I think someone was saying about introducing new clients as well. I think that's a good way of, of introducing it to new clients. Um, yeah, but yeah, if we can just, yeah, you've answered about existing clients as well. And it's kind of, uh, um, that should hopefully clear things up. It clears things up anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it probably is easier to do it with new clients as well, because, and like you say, yeah. that's a good idea. If like someone kind of inquires, you can kind of send them the terms and conditions and then it's just more smooth. You're like, Oh, Hey, yeah, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Here's my yeah. like terms and conditions just for you to check out and you know, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Cause it's like, okay, well, while I'm signing your NDA, then uh, here's my Yeah. I've got a uh, kind of a two-part question. They're a little bit disconnected, but one in terms of the files that are provided with the bundle, I saw that you were looking through the PDFs. Um, is there like a is there a doc file with it too? If people aren't using a PDF for some reason, or you know, in terms of editability, I guess would be the word. Uh, just yeah. wondering what's included. 
Yeah, so uh, this time around, because that was something that uh, feedback I got from the pre-launch um, was that, you know, it was a little bit difficult to edit the PDF. I think it's just because in my head, I was like, oh, when people have downloadable products, they always use PDFs. You know, I wasn't really thinking about how people are going to edit it. So, um, yeah, this time I put a PDF of the contract and the Word doc of the contract. So you have both. So it's just so it makes it easier. Whatever's easier for whoever downloads it can just use either. Because I imagine most people have Word or something that right. they can up upload it to Drive or whatever. And it, it probably is easier to use that. But yeah, I've provided both. So Cool. Perfect. And the other question I had, and this is, I guess, just like more of a uh, general question. Um, Sorry, I'm getting like a call or something happening. Uh, is in terms of enforcing like a uh, like a late fee, uh, you have the 10% late fee uh, in the bundle there. Um, but I've run into this uh, run into this a few times. But I just I have a hard time actually enforcing it. <laughs> like. How do you, and this is just a general question for everybody, how do you guys, you know, follow up on something that hasn't been paid and really enforce that late penalty fee um, other than referring to what's in the contract? I don't know. That's just a general question. Yeah, so I think I've always, like, had a late fee thing in there but I haven't always used it, if that makes sense. It's kind of used it as more of a deterrent. But it, like most things, it depends on your relationship with the client, like whether you want to do that or whether they're just going to pay it the next month and you're like, actually, it's fine. And or whether you're like, no, I don't want to work with these guys anymore. And then I would say you could like get a lawyer to draft you like a demand letter or something like that's like the extreme thing to do. Right. But that's like after you've like rang them up loads of times and things like that. And you could mm -hmm. send them like an invoice with the late fee on. I know people who've done that, but I mean, I've never personally done it. Luckily, I haven't been in that situation. It's more like just like they paid me the month after or something like that. Yeah, I guess it, how I've always approached it is luckily I haven't really had to use it. You know, there's only been one, one time, but um, hopefully it's a scare tactic in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, it's like the, the problem I think with this, um, from what I know about the U S is kind of hard. You, you don't have like a, as good of a, a government, like kind of system for this where we have from our government, like recommended percentages and stuff. So we can more like point to the sites and go, Oh, Hey, the government says this, but I always think like, try, I try and avoid it it's good to have it in the contract because it's kind mm -hmm. of like, yeah, it's like a deterrent to your client to not pay you late. Right. But at the end of the day, I try and avoid it because usually you want to work with people again and again. And it's only if you yeah. decide actually they haven't paid me for like three months and this is not, you know, not right. I'm going to like go gun ho about it. And then, yeah, I know people have done demand letters and things like that. Yeah. All good right. Way well, to, thank you. Good way. Good way to burn a bridge if you want to just use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm totally not. I'm totally not getting these contracts out there and stuff because I want people to be like, "Oh, this is my contract. You're the client, and I'm the motion designer, and these are all my rights and stuff like that." It's trying to like, you know, get all these conversations more out in the open before you go on a job. Like everyone's always like saying, "Oh, uh, can I charge for my?" project files and I'm like did you have that in your contract and they're like I don't have a contract and then I'm like well probably not like you could try and negotiate with them but like mm -hmm. if you have it in your contract beforehand and you're like oh hey guys you signed the contract it says that oh, I charge this much for my project files and then you know it's like much easier conversations to have than be like oh actually I don't want to give you the project files you know what I mean mm -hmm. Does anyone else have a question? I know a lot of people are tuned in just listening. So if, if you do have a question, feel free to drop it in the chat and we can uh, ask it for you. Um, Liam, you got anything else from checking out the bundle this morning? Uh, I mean, other than I'm going to probably use it. Like I, so last week on, on here, Haley, we had a whole discussion about like client red flags and like I've admittedly 
not really use contracts. They always use a scope of work because technically in the United States, using a scope of work in like an email is considered a legal document. Uh, but I think just reading through this and like how like it's not so much legalese that like a motion designer can't get through it with ease and update it and understand what's happening. Um, I definitely am going to be, be using it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I just want to put that out there. Like uh, an initial read through, it's like anybody that buys this, you'll, you'll be able to read through it. Like you don't need to have a lawyer sit there and hold your hand to get through it. It, it is really written in a way that makes sense. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one thing that was for me when I had the UK one. I was just like, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, it's all right. It's explain plain, pretty easy to understand this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So you've done, it, the, done the hard work of getting a lawyer, getting a proper lawyer to look over it, and uh, um, making it easy for us to just go, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like with the UK one, like it is a little bit more dense, but uh, than the US one, but it's all down to um, how we like write contracts in different countries, which uh, is really funny, because I didn't know, you know, much about the differences. But so yeah, the lawyers have really like gone into it and written it from like, what is acceptable in each country, which I think is really good. But yeah, I think there's like a bit more explanation and stuff in the UK one because it is like a little bit more dense because I think we write stuff like in a different way here. Where I'm sure you saw that, Andy. It's like just a little, a little bit more like, yeah. yeah, it's still like, um, I think it's still pretty easy to understand though, right? Because we put a lot yes. of um, exclamations in red, like this means this, put this in if you want to do this, you know. Whereas the uh, US one, I think, is a lot more, you can just read it and it kind of makes a lot more sense without those like little extra bits on the end. All those ye olde terms and things. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we're all, I think it's because we're all very like proper and polite. We do everything the old way. Whereas the US <laughs> one is like, hey, this is how it is. But yeah, I don't know, that's just me talking. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to say that what might be helpful, because obviously, you know, massive disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, just want to say that again. <laughs> but um, they are going to do like live Q&As next week. So if anyone grabs a bundle this week, then you'll get an email. So you can like ask them all of your questions that you might have. So I think that'll be really helpful, because they obviously can explain this stuff far better than I can. And it's been fantastic to work with them, because they're just really nice and not scary at all. And, you know, really fun. So it's been good. Yeah, um, and maybe this might be good for Gabrielle who just asked a question if she buys a bundle. How adaptable is the bundle to say like illustration work is her question. Is, is it pretty much only catered to motion design or do you think it's able to be adjusted? Uh, yeah, so I think um, the key things would probably be I think that you could use it, but I think you'd have to change, you just change out things like you change our illustrator instead of motion designer, obviously. And then the stuff like where the usage, like um, it says like use for web um, and not the original artwork. So you'd have to do things like, you know, um, just use for print or, or wherever the usage is for. I mean, it depends, is she US based? I think there's like a, in the, UK one it's more like you would have more of a section in the scope of work to define the usage whereas in the US one you it's more like a couple of lines where you define the usage so I think it would just be focusing in on those kind of sections but yeah I mean I haven't like looked into illustration contracts a ton so I couldn't say but yeah I guess if um, it's always a question that you know, either I can ask the lawyers or, yeah, if she grabs it, she can chat to them next week. So, yeah. Cool. Mark, I, I haven't seen I hope that helps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that does. Mark, have you seen anything come in that uh, I just... No, yeah. no other questions I have seen pop up here, but um, congratulations on launching this. And, you know, we're all very excited to have you on. And um, I'm wondering if... Uh, even though you're launching this today, if you have kind of like future plans for this, are you going to be rolling out 
other things to kind of complement the bundle or um, any future plans to add more to it? Yeah, so I think um, I, I think it all depends on like how this goes and stuff like that because I know I've been getting like a lot of emails about like, can I use this in my country? Like, are you going to do one for Canada, Germany, France and things like that? And I think like obviously this is the first time that I've done anything like this with Motion Hatch, so I'm just learning and everything. But I think if there was like a big demand for the countries and things like that, I would look into that. And also what I would maybe like to do is, you know, if a lot of people buy it and there's definitely like a focus on these contracts, then maybe like having more regular like Q&As with lawyers and things like that could be a possibility because I think that would be really helpful. I'm going to see like how that goes on next week and stuff, but, um, awesome. you know, just trying to make them more, um, available, like to everyone in the motion design community. It's almost like, uh, it's like kind of the idea of like, you're sort of like crowdfunding, like lawyers for people or something. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> I don't nice. know. There's different ideas like that. I think could be helpful. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think it's going to help out a lot of, uh, motion designers or just freelancers in general, like you said, it's pretty adaptable for uh, illustration work or design work or whatnot. Um, just keeping in mind, you know, usage rights and kind of the other um, terms within the, in the bundle, but looking forward to seeing this roll out for everybody. So. Yeah. yeah cool. Think, Thank you. Yeah. I think just as we wrap up the hour, um, we touched on it briefly in the beginning, but for people that have joined in, do you want to tell people where they can learn more about Motion Hatch and the podcast and uh, join the community, like the Facebook community? Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I'm totally just going to be like, yeah, bye, guys. Um, yeah, so you can go and look at the contract at motionhatch.com forward slash contract, and you can find Motion Hatch at motionhatch.com obviously and the podcast is on the website as well and it's on like most podcasting apps so if you just search motion hatch you can find the podcast in there and to join the community you can go to motionhatch.com forward slash community there's a theme here and you can sign up for the mailing list and then we send you an invite via that so yeah cool well, yeah, I, I want to reiterate what Mark said. Thank you so much for coming on and, and joining us today and talking about this, um, especially on your lunch day. I'm sure you're running around a little bit like crazy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, as I said in the beginning, I bought it already today. I've read through it and it seems awesome. And um, I recommend everyone else in here, check it out. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask me in the chat too, back in Slack. I, I can kind of answer some stuff and if Haley hasn't answered it already. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And is there anything else you want to close out with before we close up the meeting for the week? Um, can I just say, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to contact me and ask me more questions, just email hello at motionhatch.com. And I, I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone has, or, uh, you know, if I can't answer them, I'll try and direct them to the right lawyer to answer. <laughs> um, awesome. And hey, you have a, you have a discount going on right now too, right? like a launch discount? Oh yeah, oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm so bad at this, I forgot everything. Yeah, so at the moment it's 197 pounds and next week it'll be 229 pounds. So I think that works out about $258 or $299. So yeah, it's cheaper this week just to like celebrate the launch. And obviously if you sign up this week as well, then you can come on the live calls with the lawyers next week, which I think will be really helpful for everyone. So yeah, awesome. thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, when are those live calls just for? Oh yeah, I can tell you it is, now I have to look in my calendar one sec. So the um, UK one is on Wednesday the 17th at, I'm just checking, I think I know. Oh yeah, so the one with Sylvia is Wednesday the 17th of October at 7pm and the one with Jamie who is the US lawyer is at 12pm Eastern, so like midday, that's midday right, that's on the Thursday the 18th. So the UK one's on the Wednesday 7pm and the US one is at midday on the 18th, the Thursday. Cool. 
All right, guys. Well, if there isn't anyone else in chat that has a question, it looks like everyone's just thanking you <laughs> through the chat. There's a whole stream of thanks. So um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Mark, is there anything you wanted to close up with or anything we need to catch up on from last week? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we you had dropped in that inspiration piece if we want to check that out. Um, or we could just wrap it up and push that one to next week. So yeah, I'll, I'll just hold that till next week. <laughs> cool. Right. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Haley, for joining us. It's a pleasure having you on and feel free, everyone. We had a lot of new participants this week. So we do this every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So feel free to hop back in next week and the weeks following. Sometimes we have presenters. Uh, a lot of times it's just a general kind of Q&A and discussion uh, with all of us uh, freelancers. A lot of us are freelancers or remote workers. So it's a good opportunity for all of us to just talk to each other and, you know, talk about what's going on in the week, client issues or, um, you know, whatever might come up that week. So uh, thanks for joining this week and hopefully you can join us for following weeks. But uh, anything with you, Liam? No, I think that's, that's it. So uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great week. And Haley, thanks again for coming on. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon somewhere on the Twitterverse or, or online. <laughs> awesome. Yes, yeah, thank you. All right. All right. See you guys. See you.